The content of this podcast should not be considered financial or investment advice. All interviews and discussions are opinions only, and the podcast has been created without taking into consideration the listener's financial objectives, financial situation, or needs. Listeners should obtain independent advice before making any financial decisions. G'day, this is Barry Fitzgerald, Garen Perro columnist for Stockhead. Welcome to another edition of the Explorers Podcast, which is a bit misnamed today because we're actually talking about a producer, one of the few copper producers on the ASX, Austral Resources. Trades under the code AR1. Last sale was at 25 cents for a market cap of around $132 million. Now, just on copper, it's... Uh, Flavour of the month with the investment banks. I note noticed this week that City has just come out suggesting that the price will take off by fifty uh, percent by twenty twenty five to five dollars forty four US a pound. And UBS uh, this week is also saying that copper could be having its lithium moment soon. And I think we all know what that means. Now to fill us in on uh, what Austral has been up to, we have the MD and CEO. Dan joins you with us today. G'day, Dan. Welcome to the podcast. G'day, Barry. Thanks very much for having me. It's always uh, it's always a pleasure. I mentioned you're one of the few of uh, the copper producers out there on the ASX, uh, 10,000 tonnes a year, um, and it's uh, LME grade A copper cathode, so it's the, uh, the pricey stuff. So just give us a feel, if you could, before we uh, jump into some news events surrounding the company. There was a big uh, rain event in that part of the world, up near uh, north of Mount Isa, around Mount Isa itself, in March. How did uh, the the operation cope with that? Yeah, Barry, it was it was certainly a, a very challenging event for the team. Um, I mean, we it, that that area is obviously it's not uncommon to get wet seasons, mm. uh, but it, that was this wasn't an unseasonally big wet season, and and the deluge happened in just such such a quick period of time, but. Uh, I guess the, the the real takeaway from us was that the team, both not only the Austral Resources team, but certainly all our our contractors, suppliers, they were just really well prepared for it. Um, you know, we did a lot of extensive work during the dry season leading up to the wet on on mitigating some of those rain events and and certainly with a lot of the the creek diversions and so on that we did. Um, Shane O'Connell, our COO, spent spent a lot of time. Uh, actually up there really hands-on and ensuring that, that we could sort of, you know, in those big wet season events, um, continue trading. Look, we had, we did have, we lost a couple of days production. We lost uh, our McNamara Road, which is our main haul road, um, you know, linking Antill Mine to our processing hub. Um, it was cut and, in fact, still undergoing uh, repairs. So, Haulage had to, you know, trucks were having to derate in those areas to to conserve tyres and so on. But yeah, all in all, considering some of our uh, bigger neighbours that you know some are still yeah. uh, shut down. All in all, um, very very lucky. But but also, I put it down to you know potentially some some great work from our site crew and our and our suppliers and contractors. Right, okay. Uh, yeah, of course, because you've got uh, the Capricorn mine owned by um, 29 uh, Metals and uh, I think Ernest Henry owned by Evolution are still coming to grips with the, uh, I think it was 100 metres of rain in uh, 
100 metres, 1,000 millimetres, a metre of rain in a, a couple of days. So uh, good luck well, to them and uh, well done for you guys getting through it without uh, too much problem. Now, you had a, a AGM recently and uh, AGM is always good for coalescing, uh, you know, visions of companies, where they're going. And I thought uh, you guys laid it out quite well. You came up with this growth and development strategy with a phase one, a phase two and a phase three. And I'll just summarise it saying it's uh, it, it's all about increasing production from uh, that part of the world to uh, what will be in ASX terms, uh, quite significant pr- production in the medium to longer term. So let's kick off with the phase one. What, what's the plan there? Barry, we haven't really changed our strategy, to be honest, since we started talking uh, about this 12 months ago. And that is uh, we, we understand that we've got a hell of a lot of infrastructure up on site. Um, you know, we've got a processing facility capable of 30,000 tonne per annum. And as you touched on, Antil for us is 10,000 tonne. So, you know, our immediate focus is finding more oxides to feed the beast, you know, put into that processing facility. And the, and the quickest, easiest way home for that is looking on, uh, you know, our, you know, we've got eight mining leases in total, four of which have been mined previously that we still have. Mm-hmm. Uh, the quick way home is re-optimising uh, areas in and around that have been mined that were certainly at, at a different copper price to, to where it is today. And uh, you touched on that that article uh, that, that I read this morning as well with, with copper as much as it's been belted in the last three months. I think sediment is certainly uh, starting to come back. There's a lot of the, the trading houses uh, looking to, to jump on the low prices and, and starting to stockpile a lot of those reserves. So, um, you know, phase one, oxides, immediate, increase increase feed into our processing facility. Now, is that Lady Colleen we're talking about there initially? No, that's, that's, that, that's, that sits within our medium to long term. So um, uh, immediate is, is Lady Annie, which was an announcement that we put out firstly uh, last month. What month am I? She's on June now? Yeah. Jeez. <laughs> um, showing, showing my age, Barry. Yeah, so we put that out in in April uh, that we've got, you know, CSA Global uh, re-optimised some existing pits. We've got 30,000 tonne of oxide and transitional material um, sitting within existing mining leases, and that probably was really our springboard which led us into conversations with Glencore. But first pass is is more oxides, existing mining lease. Our goal is is to be starting a mining campaign, hopefully Q3, um, worst case Q4 this year. Not a lot of work for us to do there. Not a lot of uh, operational costs to get mining with a strip ratio of two to one. So that's our immediate focus or our phase one per se. Um, You touched on Lady Colleen and that kind of slides us back into our medium and and long term or phase two, phase three. And we've got a a very large uh, body of, of sulfides, you know, from a you know, a 400,000 tonne uh, resource sitting there. Mm. And Lady Colleen sits within that. Lady Colleen is on an existing mining lease. It's within two kilometres of our processing facility. Um, the downside with that is that we can't we can't process uh, sulphides. We've got to toll treat that. Um, but certainly the fact that it's on an existing mining lease, the fact that we've now done a, a uh, you know, we're starting that pre-feasibility, we're in the process of that pre-feasibility, um, you know, it's certainly it's certainly likelihood likely that we can be mining there uh, as early as 2024. 
So, again, I said publicly that I believe we can be a 30,000 tonne per annum organisation within the next 18 months, which I'm putting in the medium term. Uh, phase one of that is oxides. Increase our oxides from 1,000 tonne to 1,600 tonne, 60 to 70%. Um, bolt into that Lady Colleen uh, next year, starting a mining campaign with revenue towards the back end. And and it's kind of looking at around about 12,000 to 14,000 tonne per annum. So, you know, medium medium term, we, we it's it's real opportunity that we are a 30,000 tonne copper mine uh, within the next 18 to 24 months. And that makes that makes us a significant business. Uh, certainly does. Um, I think you'd be either three or four on the ASX uh, if you got to 30,000 tonnes a year. Um, yeah. Uh, sorry, that was my confusion there earlier. Uh, I should have mentioned early on that uh, Ant Hill was an oxide operation. Lady Colleen's got that large sulphide Correct. Uh, open. But it's, does uh, Lady Colleen also have oxide material? That's your- it does. It has a uh, – and the team are actually revisiting that right now. Uh, Barry, you know the. I guess if uh, I'll answer that question in long form, that as where where we're at with the in the Lady Colleen process, we're we're waiting on the final network to come back. That in fact, uh, you know, one of the entities in and around us can toll treat our ore. Uh, once we've got confirmation that they can do that, the next step is for us to uh, further because we're open along strike and down plunge. Mm-hmm. We intend to do some more drilling. Interestingly enough, what's popped up is we do have a uh, first pass. It looks to be a, a relatively small amount of oxide sitting uh, over above the top of the sulphide um, component. And, and that's great because it certainly adds to the bottom line of the project, but it looks to, to be extending in an area that we haven't done any drilling. So uh, at this point, there's a small oxide component um, tied up in there, Barry, but it could be it could be substantially more than that. We just have to you know go go and drill it. Now the um, Glencore uh, particular yes. relationship uh, they obviously uh, own uh, Mount Isa nowadays. The and not that I was confused, but there seems to be a number of uh, well, there was a, a exploration joint venture announced last year, six point three million over four years, and more, right. most recently a collaboration around uh, Lady Annie. So I'm just what what is the state of play with Glencore? So basically, yeah, yeah. you're walking hand in hand, saying there's more copper in this part of the world. Let's get at it. We're sitting in a in a very uh, copper and base metal rich area. You know, clearly, um, Lady Loretta is to our due north. Um, Lady Loretta, uh, you know, obviously a, a zinc mine, but they've also Glencore are very focused on their sulphide. So last year's announcement was more targeting the sulphide and and zinc component within our tenure. Uh, Glencore, are, you know, they've got 15 uh, diamond drill holes planned this wet season and they're heading down about 1,000 metres. So they're, they're going to great depths to, to find either more zinc or sulphides. Um, so that's part one of the Glencore mm-hmm. conversation. Part two, which was, as you mentioned, the collaboration that we brought out yesterday or the day before, um, there's a great aerial photo that stock had had in the uh, in the um, printout yesterday which was an aerial view of of some of our existing pits and where our mining lease boundary sits and you know what what that what you really get to see there is is a couple of the existing pits and how much copper firstly has been mined 
uh, Lady Annie in particular, uh, there's been over 90,000 tonne of contained copper or, or copper cathode mined out of that uh, at a grade of, you know, a bit over 1.1%. But the, the, the really thing that, that, that this kind of, um, you know, collaboration is focusing on is Glencore do have some pretty exciting drill results over the fence. So, you know, the, the, uh, some of those intercepts, there's 17 metres at over 2.5%. That's 100 metres off our mining list. Yeah. Uh, you know, there's, there's 6 metres at 1.3%, 250 metres uh, off our mining lease. So I guess we've got some work to do. Glencore and Austral uh, are at the round table currently and we're, we're kind of nutting out the most commercial way for us to, to, to get access to this, to go and mine this. And, you know, as I said, if you look at that aerial view, Lady Annie had 90,000 tonne mined out of it. Some of those drill holes are two or three times the size of that pit in, in distance uh, through that mining lease. Who knows how much copper is actually sitting there? So um, we're making sure that we do our – we dot, both organisations are dotting I's and crossing T's and, and, and figuring out the, the best commercial way to, to structure uh, this type of deal. Okay, so the the actual um, mining lease covering the, the Lady Annie uh, mining operate uh, past mining operation that's owned by you guys, is it? Correct. These results uh, that you reported uh, uh, the other day, uh, the seventeen meters at two point five one, etc., the six mm-hmm. meters at one point two seven, they were drilled by Glencore on ground just outside the mining lease. Is that right? Correct. Yep. So that they're on Glen, they're in Glencore's tenure. I guess the key points to note in this that they are uh, oxides and, you know, albeit Glencore uh, have the ability to to process, you know, a, a lot of ore. They, you know, the fact that our processing facility is built for oxides and we're 22 kilometres down the road and the fact that it sits on a, our existing mining lease that mm-hmm. we've got more oxides to mine, it makes sense that we try and land somewhere here that makes commercial sense for both parties. It certainly does. And an unusual situation here. Glencore, of course, has no obligation to be reporting these sort of uh, or have these sort of results reported, but uh, they've obviously let you do it in terms of this uh, negotiation you're having around this collaboration. Yes. Look, again, as I mentioned, Barry, or you touched on to begin with, we're working very closely with Glencore. Um, You know, they're our offtake partner, so they're incentivised. Glencore is incentivised for us to do well. Uh, It means that we produce more copper. Uh, which means that they, you know, get to trade that. So there's a lot of synergies and upsides to to us getting this right, firstly, but two, not sitting on our hands. Let's coppers coppers coming online. Let's let's turn this into dollars and cents for both parties. Now the um, I touched on the uh, copper price earlier. Your March quarter results uh, looked okay. It looked good. Um, all in sustaining cost of US two seventy nine a pound and. Where's the copper price today? Uh, Three seventy-five US a pound. Come up in the last two weeks from around US uh, three sixty. Probably uh, those investment banks with their fifty um, percent uh, increase by twenty twenty-five calls helping that along. But I, as someone actually producing the stuff, I, I was just trying to get uh, wondering what your feel for where it's going. Look, I guess two parts to that. Uh, I'll answer that in two parts, Barry. Firstly. One of the big upsides here, you mentioned our cost per pound, our, our USD cost per pound or our all-in sustaining cost. Something like this, 
I was still finding more oxides, which we already have within our own tenure, mm-hmm. um, does nothing but help reduce our costs, right? So the more feed that we can put through there, we have capacity. Our, our fixed costs are not really going to lift. If you look at, yes, we've got a mining cost, strip ratio is around two to one as opposed to five to one at Antil. So we've got a reduced cost there. We've got, um, you know, fixed cost in the sense of, uh, you know, the processing side of it. All, all we're doing is um, adding adding a cell house, which will be burning more diesel. So that will be reducing our cost, which is great for us. Part two, um, where do I think copper price is heading? That's a crystal ball in itself. But I certainly think that, um, you know, the debt ceiling that we, we saw uh, agreed upon in the US uh, last week has added a little bit of comfort. I think that certainly with, uh, you know, China, um, you know, really not coming on as line, coming online as, as hard as they thought they would uh, industrial-wise, uh, and they're starting to find their feet now. Um, I think that you'll find that the reserves that are currently there, which, you know, obviously the stockpiling reserves were at an all-time low and they've built up substantially. I think the <coughs> excuse me, the traders are starting to snavel them up fairly quickly. And, you know, once we see those reserves drop again, um, and that, you know, as you mentioned, the, there's some good sediment sitting in and around copper. I think that we will sort of really punch through that $4 a pound. And, you know, that we're sitting in a really sweet spot, you know, at, at anywhere around $4 a pound if we can be reducing our $2.79 costs. So uh, plenty of margin in there, um, albeit um, I'd very much like to see that $5 a pound uh, come on come on as soon as possible. Right. A bit of a curly one for you. Um, I mean, you've got this pathway to, say, 30,000 tonnes per annum. Um, mm-hmm. If uh, we had, uh, and it, there's been a couple of examples in recent times on the ASX where companies with, you know, 60 to 100,000 tonnes sort of production had multiple billion dollar market caps. Why are you guys back at 132 million? What's the upside? Barry, if you can explain why we're trading <laughs> Um, I'd really appreciate that. Look, I think I don't doubt you know, to, to take my AR hat off for a minute and, and sit there from an in, investor's perspective. You know, we, we we have achieved a lot in eighteen months. Mm-hmm. You know, the fact that we only listed eighteen months ago, we started a mining campaign. Um, you know, we started generating revenue. I understand from an investor sentiment perspective, we didn't hit our mark uh, in July. You know, we had uh, we had to do a raise uh, in August September last year. Um, so I get it, right, that, that there was a little, uh, are these guys going to get there? But I think that the fact that we became operationally cash positive in December, the fact that we had a really strong quarter, uh, we put out, you know, nearly 9 million EBITDA for, for the quarter. Yep. Um, I'd, I'd hope that that would have given uh, investor sentiment that some confidence that that we're, we're through those growing pains. You know, every every and we're calling it a startup organization because we started a new mine. Mm-hmm. You know, crusher went down, you know, you know, belts didn't work, whatever the cab motors failed, whatever happened, happened. Mm-hmm. But we're now sort of crushing that, you know, six to seven thousand ton per day. You know, we're now starting to produce those levels that we need to be producing. So I would like to think that, you know, some of the bigger institutions, if you look at our top Top five uh, shareholders, Barry, we've got not one institution in there. Mm. They're all high net worth guys. So, uh, and in the top 20, we don't have too many institutions. So it's our job to now convince the institutions that we're through that 
and more importantly, that that we can get to that thirty thousand ton uh, per annum and become a very significant business. Yeah, certainly one that can't be ignored at uh, the thirty thousand ton rate. So ten thousand steady state achieved mm-hmm. on your way to thirty uh, thousand tons. Let's uh, give in. Uh, bring it all together, wrap it up a bit, and give investors a feel what they should be looking out for uh, uh, before the year's out. Yeah, I think that the if I look at again, I'll break it into short, short, medium, and long term. Even just for the, for this year, I think short term, I'd like to think that uh, as far as news flow, that Glencore and Austral will um, you know wrap wrap this up, and we'll have an announcement saying where we've landed on that. Mm-hmm. I think in the uh, medium term. You, we are drilling. We didn't touch on this. We've got a seven, $7.1 million budget this year. We've got 24,000 drill metres that we're targeting, um, of which majority of that is is in, in existing mining leases uh, and, and we're really getting after our oxides. I think that you'll find some news flow coming, coming through some drill results. And I think towards the back end of the year, uh, I'd like to think that we've got We've got um, Lady Colleen stitched up, done deal, and we're we're off to the races on that. So, yeah, pretty exciting, pretty big year for us, um, and there's only six months to go. Yeah, exactly. Okay, there you go, folks. A very interesting story. Copper uh, becoming the uh, the favoured metal out there, and I've got a company here, Steady State, 10,000 tonnes, pathway to 30,000 tonnes, so one to watch in the months ahead. So with that, thanks for your time today, Dan. Uh, we'll be watching with interest, and good luck with it all. And I hope it stays dry up there in the next week. <laughs> you bet. I uh, really appreciate it, Barry, and thanks to Stockhead. Good on you. Thanks, everyone. Thanks.